there was an incredible article, and the title of the article, it actually came out on July 4th, uh, written by Michelle Borba. And the topic of the article was the number one skill that sets mentally strong kids apart from those who give up and how parents can teach it. You want to guess what that number one skill is? Did you know that I have three really complicated relationships in my life? With me, myself, and I? Close. My relationship with money, my relationship with people, and my relationship with self. And they're all connected together because when my relationship with money got out of whack, it totally had an impact on those other relationships. That, my friend, is what we call having financial sobriety. So who are you? I'm Matthew Grishman. Who are you? Jim Gebhardt. And we're a couple of financial advisors trying to have an untraditional conversation about our favorite topic, money. Let's go. Holy cow, am I excited about summer. I am grateful for summer. Why do people look forward to summer? Why don't they look forward to the rest of the year? I don't know. There's something about summer. It's the happy season. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Right? I find summer to be happy. School is out. I think that is the big part of it, right, is that somehow we all hearken back. Wow, I haven't used that one before. <laughs> hearken back to days uh, of our days of youth when school was out and you had the summer off. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so the kids, the kids are out of school. Harvesting uh, crops. We think of ourselves as maybe being, you know, permission to be out of. Check out. It's, it's to permission check out. to Thank check you. out. That's what I was trying it, to say. It's the, permission the, the to let. The tongue's not working today. That's okay. Keep drinking the coffee I brought you. It's permission to check out. It's permission to take your foot off the gas pedal. It's permission to not have to apply the pain of discipline as much as we do throughout Produce. The schooling hours. Produce. Right. right. Produce. Right. During the school year, we're studying, we're working hard, we're exercising, we're eating right, we're getting better at our craft. We're, we have we're all being kinds a of activities. Productive human being. But come summertime, Whee! we get to take our foot off the gas, we get to slow down, we get to check out, and we get to go on vacation. Did you guys have barbecues or cookouts? Both. It depends on which part of upstate New York I lived. Did you have a barbecue or did you have a brazer? We had a barbecue. Yeah, we had a to well, this we had day, a grill. We didn't have a barbecue. To this day, I still don't know what a brazer is. Oh. But yeah, I didn't know would, what it was. We when would you said put it the either. ham the hamburgs and the hot dogs on the brazer for a cookout. Ah. Okay. Not the grill, not the smoker, not the barbecue. And so I just I love all these little nuances to where you live and the phraseology that comes with. And what they're called. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. When I lived in central New York, it was a cookout. When I lived in eastern New York in the Albany area and down south, it was a barbecue. But I still think a barbecue is something you go to, not something you own. I don't know. I see. We own a grill. We don't own a barbecue. Do you actually own a grill, a gas grill, or a barbecue, a, a briquette? Both. I have both charcoal, a Weber charcoal, a Weber gas grill, and a Weber charcoal grill. Of course you do. Yes, yes. Well, you know, buy one get one twenty percent off. Sure. I mean, it was it was losing money by not buying that grill on sale. Spaving. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So in our summertime series, we had so much great feedback from what we did last year with teacher children because we didn't do what a lot of people seem to do in summertime, which is check out, slow down. 
jump off the discipline bandwagon and kind of let things go a little bit. And with the hopes that we come back for back to school season in late August or September, depending on where in this country you live, and that pain of discipline has to kick in again. You and I didn't do that last summer. You and I haven't done or that the, the summer, last several summers. Or the summer before or no. the summer before. No, you, you and I have been obsessed with challenging the conventional ways people do things. And one of the things that we've also been somewhat obsessed with is surrounding ourselves with ordinary people who do extraordinary things. And yeah, one I, of the, I like that. One of the things that you and I have learned with the extraordinary behaviors of these seemingly ordinary people you and I hang out with is they do the opposite of what the masses do. They do the opposite of what most people do over the summer. So they don't check out, they check in. And that's what you and I have been doing now for the last several summers, and our business has been wonderful. Our lives have become so much fuller and richer as a result of that. And last summer, we decided to share that with our financial sobriety family. It was truly extraordinary to hear some of the feedback from parents on this concept of teach your children, which is straight out of a chapter from your book, Financial yes. Sobriety. Yes. Because we are, we are parents, right? We have children. And you got more of those than I do. Yeah. Like double the amount. Very good with the math there. Thank you. And we're going to spin this in a positive way, but there's a massive opportunity to teach our children, all of them, about money and about these three relationships. Because unfortunately, there's not much emphasis put on this in the education system, but I'm I'm going to stay positive with this. Yeah, it's getting better. And it is getting better. And there's plenty of opportunity. And with... All the different platforms that are out there today, our podcast being one of them, we want to rebroadcast the curriculum that we put together last summer so that it's in a nice, light, easy package. Not that it has to be that way, but I recently had the opportunity with a dear friend of mine to look at the textbook. As a matter of fact, it was this past weekend. What textbook? This textbook on a personal finance class that is being taught at the community college level. It's the seventh edition of this textbook. Oh, beautiful. So it's been around a while. (laughs) So episodes one through six are somewhere out there. Now, for someone that is trying to get their feet wet with this and to try to just get some basics underneath them from a financial acumen perspective, this was way too much. The textbook was. This was was for a, if I'm going to broad brush and say, what we're trying to do here is for a 16 to a 26-year-old. Ah, this was about Medicare and Social Security and homeowners insurance and things things that are just not appropriate. This was an incredibly thorough, very well done, incredible textbook on the subject. But more for adult learning people later down the money scale. In my in my professional opinion, yes. Okay. So what we're doing with this rebroadcast or this series that we're gonna do this summer and, and relaunch is to share some more unconventional aspects of the money conversation sure, and how powerful in the beginning of a young person's life to have them understand and recognize that there are three very interconnected, very complicated relationships. Yes. Yes. What we're doing here is we're helping parents support the education that's starting to come down the pipeline right now. My dad just sent me a picture, a text picture of the curriculum that's kind of up on a bulletin board in one of the business classes in the high school where he's a school superintendent. And it was brilliant how they're laying out the different concepts of money. Schools are getting closer and closer to teaching our children about money 
what we're trying to do here in studio is help empower parents to support their children's education about what money is. But this is where we're setting the foundation about how to have a healthy relationship with money. This is a very different conversation. The hows, the whats, and all that kind of stuff, that's beautifully coming down the pipeline in curriculums in, what, 17 states with 25 additional states with pending legislation. That's what our uh, data analyst ACE has come up with. That's awesome. So we now have 17 states in this country where financial stuff, money, personal finance, is going to be a requirement for high school graduation, which is awesome. What we want to do is help parents support the learning of that, just like we would with any curriculum in school. Parental involvement and parental support is paramount in helping our children with education, especially when it comes to this idea of having a healthy relationship with money. Most children are also able to understand that that relationship with money is going to have implications and consequences in the relationships they have with their family, with their friends, and especially with how they feel about themselves. Right. So it's important to start those conversations with your children as young as possible. It's why we dedicated a chapter of the book to teaching your children. It's why we spent all last summer, instead of checking out and getting off the discipline bandwagon, we jumped in, we got connected, and we released this curriculum on Teach Your Children and how parents can start having these conversations with their kids, no matter how young or old they are. It's a wonderful place to start. So what's the curriculum? What are we, what are we teaching? Well, so over the next several weeks from now until September 6th, we're going to be launching episodes that are from our teacher curriculum, teach your children curriculum. And what we're really trying to do with this is add a layer of what's going on in the world today. There was an incredible article that was in CNBC, came from CNBC a couple of days ago. And the title of the article, it actually came out on July 4th, uh, written by Michelle Borba. And the topic of the article was the number one skill that sets mentally strong kids apart from those who give up and how parents can teach it. You want to guess what that number one skill is? Resilience. Close. Keep going. Resilience. Nope. You're close, though. So, so the title of the article, again, what sets mentally strong kids apart from those who give up? Resilience. Right. Where do they get it from, though? What's the skill they need Instagram. to be resilient? Costco. You're close, but in different ballparks. Instagram? Instagram. <laughs> TikTok. Lots of resilience from TikTok. I can't, I can't think of a platform that helps children with their self-esteem more so than TikTok and Instagram. Oh, disclaimer. 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 That was sarcasm. Well, was that sarcasm? You picked up on it. Oh, well. Oh, good. Eventually, I said the it with a straight kicks face. in. <laughs> the more caffeine I have, the better I can do sarcasm as if it wasn't sarcasm. What I loved about that article is the fact that, and let us not diminish the concept of resilience. Right. But how do we get it? Oh, I know. And that to me is what is so attractive about the article is that it's probably the first thing that I've ever read that kind of goes down a layer. It mm. goes down into the causal factor for how do we, I mean, because it's like, who doesn't want their child to be more resilient? Right, right. In a world today that has an awful lot of headwinds. Yes. Let alone the, what you and I talk about is one of the greatest threats to kids today is the concept of comparison, which is what social media is all about. Yes. We could have an entire 
fall series on, you know, the impact of social media on kids today, but that's not what we're doing here is, and I'm being obviously playful when you ask me, where does it come from? Ah, right. Is it obvious? It is hopefulness. There you go. I, I just, that's the skill. I, I love the fact that she goes into how do you then create the resilience, right? Because well, how do you let, create the hopefulness, which leads to resiliency? No, right? I, I realize, but with, without the resilience, right, you just, you, you don't go anywhere. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting on the West coast of the United States if there weren't a truckload of, or in this case, a, a wagon, wagon, load. wagon loads of people that were resilient yeah. to push their way through. Of and course. what, and what were they doing? They were hopeful they were going to find a better place. Hope is what got them the resilience. And what Michelle kind of reinforced and validated, something that you and I have known and believed for a long time, but it's nice to have these little validations because it gives you and me more confidence to sit here and talk about it and state the case. Resilience is something you can learn. Hopefulness is something you can learn. These are not traits that you're either born with or you're not born with. And I know that there have been times in my life in my childhood, my teenage years, all throughout adulthood, where I've had moments of hopelessness. Sure. And what I've been able to learn is how to bring more hopefulness into my life, which has led to more resiliency as time goes on. And so we to, can learn this, yeah, which is awesome. Not to oversimplify it, but I mean, if you think, if, if hope leaves the building, right? If yeah. hope leaves the room. Which it does. It does. It will, and it will, and it and it will again. Right. And I too have had many times in my life where hopelessness was my companion. Why bother? It makes perfect sense, right? It's the, it's the uh, duh that you have to have a sense of hope in order to be able to wade through the you know what that is what is the resilience muscle, right? Sure. In order to wade through six feet of you know what, you've got to have hope that there's going to be something better on the other side. Yes. Absolutely. So if hope has left the room, yeah, I'm that I'm done. Well, and that's, that's I get I totally get that yeah. now in a way that I'd never really connected those dots before. No, no, we experienced it a little bit when we first walked in the studio today. Just reading some of the headlines of what's going on in the world today, you and I get into a conversation about which foreign country we're going to move to because we don't like what a lot of what we see going on in our country today. I get Portugal. Yeah, the amount of divisiveness between the right and the left and the fact that you and I are a couple of guys maybe more in the middle, it's getting tougher and tougher to watch the divisiveness in our country from the extreme sides of the political aisle. And every once in a while, that causes hopelessness to creep in. Yet, here we are continuing the conversation of becoming more intentional with these three very important relationships in life. Yeah. There's some persistency that, that keeps coming back that even when hopelessness shows up in just little, little bits, you and I have developed the resilience because of the work we've been doing all these years to keep pushing forward and do the next right thing, whatever that might be. And if I may, I think you some may. of that has to do with the fact that we have children that are going to have to exist in the world beyond us. Yes. Part of it is we have children that have to exist in the world beyond us. And part of it is the discipline that you and I have had coming in here and the regularity that no matter what, we come here, we do this, we have these hard conversations and we share them with our community. And there's something about hope that comes from that, I know that every time I walk out of this studio, I feel better than when I walked in. For almost, oh, see, three, I, I, for almost I, three years we've I, been doing this. I, I don't. You feel worse. I do. Because well, I'm hungry. 
Oh, there you go. I'm ready for lunch. You're ready for some Nick's no, Taco. Sorry. Yeah, right? another, exactly. We haven't had a shameless plug for Nick's Taco in, in quite way some too time. long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're getting salads today. Sorry to disappoint you. With some taco? Maybe. Okay. But right, I mean, we feel better when we walk out of here than when we come in. And I think just having that discipline. No different than exercise. Of doing the work. I have never left the gym or wherever I was exercising. It doesn't necessarily have to be at the gym. I've never felt worse. I might be tired. I might be sore. But I've never felt worse because I've flushed whatever was in me. I've got a whole new, you know, we could get into the whole, our dear friend Tim Adams and the whole biochemical cascade that happens from when you exercise. Yep. And the renewed sense of everything that you have. Yes. One of which, if we go way down the, the causal route, would be hope. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, why is hope part of a money conversation when it comes with this curriculum of teacher children? Why does hope need to be included in that curriculum? Why do we need to add that additional layer? Why can't we just run the curriculum we ran last summer and do all the same thing again without adding this hopeful piece to it? For me, that whole concept around resilience, right? And what is that? Where, do, where does that come from? How do we just bang our kids into having, you know, come on, darn it, just go do it, right? In that very... 1950s, 60s, 70s, just, you know, pull yes. yourself up by the bootstraps. Suck and it up, buttercup. Suck it up, buttercup, and, and go do it, yep. right? There's got to be more. Look what's going on in the world today. I don't need to go through the headlines. We've done this plenty in, in studio where we kind of rip through all the negative headlines of what's going on. If you're listening to the show, you know what's going on in the world today. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of chaos. There's a little bit of chaos in the world today. And a lot of the children, young, teenage, even into their early 20s that I'm around in my life, I'm noticing a lack of hope. I notice it in my own youngest son, the lack of hope that he has in our future. When I think of having a conversation with my child about money, and if we're really here to talk about these three interconnected relationships that make up our true wealth, our wealth is comprised of our relationship with money, our relationship with people, our relationship with self. They're all tied together. How can we not include hope in that conversation because the conversation about money is going to be meaningless if we're not dealing with that relationship with self and how we feel when we look in the mirror every day, how we're interacting with our friends who might have a little bit of a different view on the world than we do. How do we incorporate all of this into the conversation we're having with our children this summer? It's a relationship with money, people, self, and with what's going on in the world today, with the lack of hope that we see in the world today, that's why I think we need to expand this conversation beyond just dollars and cents. Love it. So we're going to officially kick off the Summer Teacher Children series tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be an episode on what we call the three C's, which are really the three C's as far as parenting goes, the, the different stages of parenting. And those three C's, which I'm not going to tell you what they are today, you're going to have to listen tomorrow, but they have to do with the different stages of parenting and how to approach the money conversation based on those different stages. On July 20th is when we really kick the summer series off because you and I are going to do something we've never done before. Can't wait. We are going to do this show live. In front of a studio audience? In front of a non-studio audience, but a YouTube audience. So Same we're, thing. We're going to broadcast the show as we're sitting here in studio live recording on our YouTube channel, it's going to be super exciting. In fact, 
If you're interested in joining us live on the 20th, keep an eye on our social media feeds on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. We're going to have information coming over the next couple of days, couple of weeks as we get closer to that July 20th date. We are so excited to do this. I'm a little nervous, too. I'm a little nervous because it's a live show. Yeah, and you, s- no, you say all sorts of bad words without Jeff bleeping you. There's no editing. I know. That's going to be So fun. I'm going to have to get really caffeinated for that. <laughs> yeah, I w- it'll be fun to hear our different ands and ums and uhs that come out on a live podcast that don't come out because our producer is such a pro. So that's the big news for the big summer kickoff. And what's also going to be cool about this year's summer series is after the live podcast on the 20th, instead of hearing from us twice a month, you're going to hear from us four times a month. We're going to go on a weekly schedule between July 20th and our official end of summer, which we're calling September 6th, which will be the finale, the grand finale for the Teach Your Children summer series. So we've got lots to cover, lots to talk about, lots of fun we're going to be having this summer because we're here to check in. We're here to get better at our craft. We're here to help you become much more intentional this summer with these three critical relationships that we all have. So buckle up, get ready, get some snacks, pack a bag, whatever you need, because tomorrow morning, it's not the ABCs, it's the three Cs. Ah, good one. And with that, my friend, that's a wrap. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety. I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.